Full disclosure, Belle and I are really good friends, like hang out together, drink too much wine, go for a manicure and tell each other deep, dark secrets, good friends. Our husbands are also friends. But that is not why I asked her to be my guest today. I asked Bella to be my guest because she's an internationally recognized dating coach who not only appears on shows like Good Morning America and the Today Show regularly, but also just gave an incredible TED Talk and most important, has helped thousands of men and women in all stages of life find love through the Smart Dating Academy. She's also the reason I'm even doing a podcast. She launched her own podcast just a few months ago. It is a huge success and I got inspired or jealous. And here we are. So whether you need to fix your picker, find the whole idea of dating daunting, or are just not finding success, Bella is here to help. Hot flashes, vaginal dryness, painful sex, low libido, recurrent urinary tract infections, weight gain, insomnia, orgasm. What orgasm? Menopause is a very special time, and I'm betting you've not gotten a lot of information from your own doctor. I'm Dr. Lauren Stryker, a clinical professor of obstetrics and gynecology, the medical director of the Northwestern Medicine Center for Sexual Medicine and Menopause, a practicing gynecologist, best-selling author, and a nationally recognized menopause expert. My mantra has always been, if women are given good information, they'll make good choices. And I'm here to give you the inside information on all things menopause. Welcome, Bella. Oh, it's so good to be here. All right. So, you know, I mean, obviously you help women from what, 20 to 100, but today, more or less, yeah, yeah, yeah. But today I want to focus on that midlife woman. And this can be the woman who maybe is finding herself newly single or someone that it just wasn't a priority. And now she's entering menopause and the dating world at the same time. And this is, you know, not a lot of information out there because when we think about dating, we're focused so much on the women who are in their 20s and 30s. So do you think it's harder or easier to find a partner after someone, say, 45, 50, 55? Well, let me begin with this. Love is possible at any age. What I've been affectionately termed as the psychotic optimist of love. So I'm going to tell you, if you're listening to this, and if you're 40, 50, 60, 80, 100, it doesn't matter. It's never too late to find love. So now the question is, is it easier or is it harder when you're, let's say, over 50? When you're in your 20s, 30s, early 40s, right? The thought of, oh my God, I need to find a husband. My ovaries are screaming. I want to have kids. You're looking for a husband, a father to your kids, right? Okay. So that in and of itself is daunting. But now when you're over 50, for a lot of us, we're like, I'm done with that. I don't need to have the husband. I maybe have the kids, never wanted the kids, whatever that is. So dating over 50, I find to be much more fun for our clients because they're looking for fun and they're looking for a companion. They might want to live with somebody. They might not. They might want to get married. They might not. The world is so much more your oyster after 50. Well, not to mention, by the time you're 50, I hope you kind of know what you want, what you're looking for in a partner. You know that, I mean, I, I think that there would be more deal breakers, more, I, you know, things that you know that you're looking for. Do you find that, that women come in and they're very specific about not only what they want, but what they don't want? So 
What, yes, we do an exercise and Lauren referenced kindly in my bio that I gave a TED talk and it's called The Secret to Finding Lasting Love. And it talks about exactly this. What do all women come in saying, Lauren, the number one thing that every single woman, whether she's 22 or 82, says to me when I say, tell me about your dream guy. She says, he's tall, ideally <laughs> over six feet. Okay, tall. Okay, so what we help people to do is realize what might be on your dream list and what you might be filtering in for may not necessarily bring you a lifelong happy partner because as I like to say, everybody is the same height lying down. If you know what I mean. I know what you mean. You know what I mean. I know what you mean. Okay. I'm going to be a little bit of a Debbie Downer here because someone's got to be right. Cause you're the, the psychotically optimistic one. So, I mean, you have to admit that we do have a culture. We have a world in which guys who are 60 think that they are supposed to be dating women who are 12, you know, 20, whatever. And, and so, and there you are, if you're a woman who's 55, 60, and you find that not only is the pool of guys much smaller in terms of the guys who are age appropriate, but there's almost this expectation that you should be willing to go out with guys that are a lot older than you. What's your take on that? There are 60 and 70 year olds that want to date 12 and 18 year olds, right? If you look at the behavior of all men at all ages, it shows that they all look at 18 and 20 year olds. Now that doesn't mean that's who they want to date, right? I coach a lot of men as well. And I'll tell you, there are great guys out there that want to date age appropriate women close to their age. But then there are guys out there that are ages and they want to date someone who's 10, 15, 20 years younger. They basically want a daughter, right? It's bananas. I know it is what it is. So just like anything else, ignore those people. Like, don't let them get you down. What you focus on grows. If you say to yourself, every guy out there wants someone 20 years younger, your brain is going to be biased towards finding men that are looking for just that. So you can go see, see, I'm right. Right. So don't think about that. Just go, Nice to meet you. Bless and release the ones that are looking for somebody 20 years younger than you. You don't want that guy anyway. No, but I remember when, you know, when I was single, I'm on my second marriage now, I'm a wonderful, wonderful guy, but I did have this period of time when I was single and I had all these wonderful people that wanted to fix me up and they all wanted to fix me up with grandpa. You know, it's like, they'd say, oh, I got this great guy and I'd say, well, how old is he? And he'd be you know, 20 years older than me. I'm thinking, I don't want to go out with that guy. And do you tell women that they should you know, widen their horizons and, and agree to go out with the much older guy? Or do you say, no, stick to your guns? I, my general advice to women is cap it at 10 years older if you have a choice. There's, But then with that being said, who doesn't know somebody that's married to somebody 25 years older and they're super happy? But most women don't seek that out. So I always say, look, if you want a good wide bandwidth, look for 10 years younger to 10 years older. So if you're 50, you know, maybe 40 sounds a little young, go 45 to 60. That's pretty reasonable. And it's a pretty generous bandwidth. So no, you don't need to set it to 70. If you're 50 years old, I would never as your dating coach, have you do that. Now that's not to say that a 75 year old isn't going to email you and try to break your door down to have coffee with you. That just means you can say, no, thank you. No, No, thanks. No, no, thanks. What's the biggest mistake that, that women make midlife women make as they enter the, the dating pool 
doing what I do, I'll tell you, they jump into the pool alone and unassisted. It's like saying I want to be a great professional golfer and going to a driving range and renting three bucket of balls and thinking I'm going to be a great golfer at the end of this. People jump back into the pool without having done the work, the work that you, Lauren, referenced, right? What are your have to haves? What are your deal breakers? Who am I now compared to when I was 25? What do I want? Where do I want to live? How do I want to retire? How do I want to spend my days? Do I want somebody I can integrate my family with, my children, my grandchildren? And really sitting down to do that work, number one, and then understanding what the red flags are in the dating process today. For those of you that may not have dated in a while, the red flags are, are the red flags that existed 20 years ago, but there's more now because enter online dating into the scene. So not being educated on how to date in a way that's successful. And maybe you don't know that you've got an attachment system that isn't working for you. Maybe you're anxious in attachment. Maybe you're avoidant and you keep getting into this toxic magnet of relationships. Having intervention around these things is so crucial. I can't stress that. So my answer is not doing the work and getting educated around dating because there's a stigma. Why would I need a dating coach? Why would I have to learn how to date? This is just something that's in. Right. I'm a smart person. I'm an executive. I'm a lawyer. I'm a this. I'm a CEO. But that's how you got to be a lawyer or CEO or whatever by by doing the work. All right. Three red flags. You mentioned red flags. What are your, what are three? I know there's about a million of them, but what are three red flags? Anybody who wants to inhale you fast and furious, right? Second date, third date, they're like, I don't want to date anybody else. I only want to date you. And if you have a history of getting into something too quickly, that could certainly be a red flag for you. And anybody who is Debbie Downer, who's negative, it's everybody else's fault. They play the victim. Oh, my boss sucks. My ex is terrible. My kids hate me. All my friends abandoned me during the divorce. What's the common denominator in all of that? Me, 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 yeah. me, me. Right. So yeah, yeah. anybody who's playing the victim, also a big red flag. Which is true in life. I mean, forget dating. Yeah, you know, the minute I, mean, I know when you know, I, I run a business when we're hiring people and every job they've lost, it was because, you know, someone else was mean to them. Someone else wasn't fair to them. Someone else did something to them. Big red flag in life. In life. So let's talk about the strategies to meet people. And we'll start, of course, with online dating because that's the big one. But then after that, I want to talk about for people who just don't want to do the online dating. But let's start with online, which because I I think for someone who's in their 20s and 30s, for the most part, it's, it's like no big deal. It's not scary. This is all they've ever known. But when you have someone who's 55 and dated traditionally 20, 30 years ago, and now suddenly they're told you have to go online, how do you... What's your message for those women? Do it. It's amazing. It feels a little bit like human eBay, but know that, right? And online dating is the world's largest cocktail party. And if you're single and you want to get into the dating scene, that is a party that you have to be at and you want to be at. So just know how to navigate the online dating scene the right way. And don't look at online dating with a seven-day strategy. 
right? It's like saying I need to lose 30 pounds and I'm going to go to the gym twice. And if the 30 pounds don't fall off, well, then the gym sucks and I can't lose weight. No, this is certainly a marathon. It's not a sprint. So it's going to take you time. So you've got to have a long outlook on being on the dating apps. Tell yourself, okay, I'm going to try this right now for three to six months and see how it goes and have a strategy to doing it on a daily basis. One site, two sites, three sites, a hundred sites. No, start with one if you're new to this. Yeah. And you've got to have great photos, a great profile, but start with one and give it 30 days and navigate it and spend 15 minutes in the mornings, 15 minutes in the evening, right? Every day, okay? And know that- It's a job. It's, you know, you got it. Yeah. It's a little tiny job. It's not even a Netflix episode for 30 minutes, 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes in the evening. I tell my clients, how, how long do you sleep every day? They're like, eight hours. I said, okay, so you've got 16 waking hours. If you're going to spend 30 minutes, you have 32, 30 minute open awake segments during the day. I need one 30 second of those. They're like, well, now that you put it that way, it sounds kind of ridiculous. If I say I'm too busy, I'm like, exactly. exactly. People it's find time for what numbers. they want to find time for. They always have. So let's talk about that all important profile picture. Um, because we know that like it or not, people are going to look at that profile picture. So talk a little bit about that. You need to have fresh photos. Just say to yourself, they're not the janky ones that are sitting in your cell phone, right? You want to get great photos taken where you look like the version of yourself that's actually going to show up to the date. You don't want them over photoshopped, over filtered because, you know, while we all love those pictures that make us look like we're 10 years younger, ultimately that's not the version of us that's going to show up to the date. You want a great opening headshot where you're looking right at the camera and smiling. And if you need samples of these, go to our website. There's tons. And then you've got to back it up with some full body shots. Okay. Six photos. Bumble gives you six. Tinder gives you six. That's what has been reported for the last decade is the ideal number of photos to have on a dating profile. So have two headshots, four body shots. This is how we guide our clients through this. So, so we're looking at a midlife population and then let's, you know, just be honest here that Time and pregnancy and life is not always kind to one's thighs and busts. And a lot of women are feeling less than confident about the way that they look. And, and obviously a good picture is going to help and good lighting and the right clothes and all that kind of stuff. But, but what is your message to women who feel like, oh, I don't know what guy's going to want to me, you know, the way I look? I would say, girl, look around. Is it only size zero Giselle Bunchen looking people that are in relationships? Hell no. Look around, right? What's the average size of the American woman? Look at couples everywhere you go. You don't have to be this idealized, perfect image that you have in your own mind. That's just fear. Zhuzh yourself up. Look like the best version of yourself. I will tell you, I have helped all shapes, all sizes, all ages with dating. And much more of it depends on your outlook on the dating process than how you actually look. When you feel good about yourself, and this is not trite, hackneyed stuff like look in the mirror and say, I love me. I'm telling you, I've worked with 
all sizes. And everybody says to me, should I lose 10 pounds? Should I lose 20 pounds before my photo shoot? Should I lose 50 pounds? I'm like, no. At the end of the day, bring your verve, bring your kindness, bring your empathy, bring your fun. And that's what brings so many guys in. Of course, the fitter you get, the more you're going to cast your own net out wider. This is not rocket science, but you do not need to wait to look like some idealized version of yourself. Just do something. Okay. So speaking of pictures, pets, children, hobbies, what goes in that picture other than a fabulous photo of you? Nothing. You (laughs) and only you. If you're trying to sell your house, right? You're not putting pictures of your dog in there. You're not putting pictures of you. Some people do. I mean, I think it's crazy because I think they make it, it looks more homelike or something. Yeah. No. People, you know, and sometimes... They, you know, if you really, really, really are in love with your dog and you want to have one photo with your dog, fine. But don't put four photos with you and your dog because then you're going to be like the dog obsessed chick that's on Bumble. You don't want to be dog girl, right? No. Just be balanced. And, and you don't want to... People are looking to jump to conclusions in this process. If a guy dated a woman who prioritize the dog over her, he might see a photo of you with your dog and go, oh my God, no more women with dogs, right? Because he has PTSD around his last situation. Just focus on you. The right person is going to love you and all of your trappings. All right. So let's talk about the reality of there are going to be some women who are just going to say no to online dating for whatever reason. Maybe they feel like they're too much of a public figure. Maybe they just don't want to do that. What What is your message to women who say, I really want to meet someone, but I just don't want to go online? I would say... How do you want to do that? Because it's going to be a slog. Nobody wants to be out at the bars. Men aren't hanging out in Pilates and yoga studios, <coughs> right? And so I would say kindly, how would you like to meet this person? And where do you think you can go to meet a wide swath of appropriate men? And then they look at me and they're like, well, isn't that what you do? Can't you fix that? I'm like, I'm not a magician. This is why (laughs) online dating exists, right? And matchmakers often purport to have all the perfect people. Let the buyer beware, right? A lot of people, a lot of matchmakers are going on online dating sites to find people. The best thing for you to do is put on your big girl pants and say, okay, let me give it a try. Not one person, Lauren, in the history of me having this company, which will be 13 years this year, has said to me, oh, I'm excited about being online. They're all like, oh my God, seriously? I have yeah. to do this? I'm like, okay, but what about funerals? My mother always told me that if you want to meet a nice man, then you go to someone whose wife has just died. You go to the funeral and you know, you're going to find you know, fresh meat who's, who's looking for love. And my husband, who you know, um, his wife died very, very young and very unexpectedly. And, and he tells these stories about within a week of her dying, he had 12 years worth of casseroles in his kitchen from, you know, would be single women who wanted to be the, the next missus. Um, Cause they thought this was a fine way to meet a guy. So do you tell women to go to funerals or to stalk men who've just lost their wives? Typically, <laughs> 
no. <laughs> How did Jason react to the casseroles? And he the- loved it. He didn't have to cook. He had yeah. two little kids. He didn't have to cook for for a long time. He didn't marry any of them, or even I don't think date any, of, date them. any of them. But he did eat well. He ate very well for a few months. And then there's um. Yeah, so there's funerals. Oh, and then, you know, the whole idea of if, okay, so a guy gets divorced, right? And what's the right time before you approach him? Because too soon he's not ready, too long he's already found someone new. So, or if you have a guy who comes, you say, you know, you, you coach men too. So if a man comes to you and he got divorced, say 10 minutes ago, what do you tell him? You were, yeah, just what do you tell him? Every story is different, right? And sometimes people will say, oh, if someone's separated, I'm not going to date them at all. I'm like, there's good separated and there's bad separated. There's good divorced and there's bad divorced. Most importantly, is the person who has just been separated or divorced, have they been in a loveless marriage for 10 years? They've done their work. They've done their therapy. They've processed. They know who they're looking for. And this is not a person that wants to be out there sowing their oats, having sex with everybody, right? That's a good separated or divorced person. So I don't put a timeline on it. I look at things with our clients on a case-by-case basis. How serious, if this person wants to jump into something too, too fast, that's a red flag. But if someone says, no, I'm really ready to find love again, and they're willing to take things slowly, you might have yourself a good bet. All right. So you brought up sex and you brought up jumping into something too fast. So this is something that we've talked about before and that we disagree on. So why don't you start by telling everybody your rule, because Bella has her rules. What are your rules about sex and dating? So we have these rules because we get people of all different backgrounds, all different histories, all different attachment styles, right? Were they too fast? Were they too slow? So our rule of thumb is don't have sex until you're in a committed, exclusive relationship. Now, why do we say that? Because a lot of times people are like slingshots and they're just, they're stretched out and they're ready to go and they're ready to pop. And at the third date, they're ready to go have sex with someone. They're like, oh, my mechanic's super hot and he flirts with me all the time. I just want to have a bender. And then they go out and they sleep with their mechanic. Now, you and I know what happens after you sleep with your mechanic. You want your mechanic to call you the next day. That's typically very female, not always. So we're looking for the rule versus the exception. One of my best friends had sex with someone the first night she met him. They're now happily married for 30 years, have three kids, live in the suburbs of Georgia. There's always those people, but in general, okay, but Bella, Bella, David Bella, off, David Bella you, okay. You've changed your tune on this because right now you told me the whole committed relationship. You used to say a specific, was it a number of dates or a period to 20 of time? Dates. I didn't 15 to that. 20 dates. Okay, come on. 15 to 20 dates. Hell come yeah. Come on. No. Come on. These it, are grownups. These aren't, you know, like kids. These are people who know what they like, know what they don't like. 15 to 20 dates seems biologies. like a little, Right. I don't know. I think that's unrealistic. If you really like someone and you've been going out for a few weeks and you've been spending a lot of time together, maybe it's only six or seven dates. It could be. It could be. However, how much do you know about this person in six or seven dates? If you've been out for two hours with this person every day, you've spent about 14 hours with them. It's barely two legitimate work days. 
right? So there's so little that you probably still know about this person. Where are they going? What do they want out of a relationship? And if you tend to get attached too quickly, then you're oxytocin bonded. You know better than anybody, Lauren, all of the crazy making hormones that make us want to stay in something, even in the presence of all of the red flags. So in our process, we put the guardrails on for 15 to 20 dates, three to four months exclusivity to have people have plenty of time to kick the tires. Look at how this person reacts in a variety of different circumstances. Are they actually serious? Are they ramping up the amount that they want to see you? Does one date a week with this dude go up to two dates a week to three dates a week? And then you've got other people that you're dating as well. I've got you with the dating funnel, right? So you're not feeling like you're missing out because you're probably dating three or four different guys. Well, I think that's the other thing too. I mean, there's a big difference between someone who's working with you, who has made that commitment, who's, who's paid the money, who's putting the time in. They are looking for a relationship. They're not looking to casually date. And I think yeah. that's maybe the difference is that there are women out there who say, you know, I am done. I, I, I was married for 25 years. He's gone. I have no desire to be in another long-term committed relationship. I just want to have a good time. And if that good time means that someone has sex with someone sooner rather than later, I mean, what I always tell people, as long as you're not going to have regret the next day, um, you know, do what you want to do. You're a grown up. And when I mean, yeah, there's a whole safe sex is a whole nother discussion that, you know, we'll be doing another Amen. time. But aside from that, I'm just talking about the emotional component of it. And you know more about that than I do. And you're right, right? For people that just want to get themselves out there and have sex with a bunch of random people and casually date, have at it, right? Those aren't typically people that are going to seek out a service like mine, where they're really like, okay, I'm looking for the lid to my pot and I want something that's going to stand the test of time, right? So if this doesn't sound like where you are and you just want to sow your oats a little bit and casually date, and you know, I always tell my clients, you know, like, I know you feel like you want to do an equipment check, make sure everything's working down there. Then you do you boo, right? But like I'm saying, don't walk into this. Know that many of us are wired. You have sex. You're going to want that person to call you the next day. Now, has that person actually earned you? Or is this person going to ghost you? And this is so much of what happens out there in the dating world. But he said he he really liked me. I'm like, he said what he needed to do to get laid. Right. And then tomorrow he's done with you because he hasn't developed that like that emotional intimacy with you yet. Now you're just like, okay, maybe yesterday's newspaper. I don't know. Depends on the guy. Depends on the woman. All I can say is I know you're really successful. So maybe you're on to something with all of this. So let's talk about that first date with the with the time we have left. Um, what should a woman wear on a first date? What's what's your thought on that? So I'm going to make it even easier for you. I'm going to suggest that your first date is a video date, that you don't need to rush off and meet someone because you've only seen six photos of this dude and read 200 words. Maybe you've had a 10-minute phone call. The amount of disappointment that people have when they meet someone out for the first time, it's like, that dude did not look anything. Those photos were 15 years ago. You know what solves that cute little problem? 
video. COVID was horrible for a thousand reasons. One silver lining is the introduction of video into every dating site and dating app. Pour yourself a cocktail, have a 30 minute video date. That's it. Max 15 to 30 minutes. Do a check just like you would with your mom, your kids do a FaceTime. You don't even have to leave the app. So for that, your first date. And I'm making it so easy for you guys to do this. You don't have to leave your house. You can have pajama bottoms on and you're not going to waste three hours of time and potentially pay for half of a date with someone that is just an absolute zero from the time you walk in there. When you do video and you follow this process, if you do a 15 to 30 minute video date with someone and it goes well, dress up, zhuzh yourself up, do your hair, do your makeup, wear something cute on top, make sure your background looks nice and doesn't make you look sloppy or like a hoarder or anything like that. And don't use those fake backgrounds. We are so over those at this point. Find a nice spot in your house and do it in your real house instead of the weird Zoom backgrounds. No, because... Dating is about authenticity, right? You want to have a real background, look good. And if that video date goes well, then you can decide to actually meet somebody out for a date. I, I think that's so important because, you know, obviously I'm not a dating coach, but I just hear from friends and patients who tell me about, oh my God, the worst date ever. It was so great on paper and he was text. No one talks to anyone. It's all this texting. I mean, it's so funny. They'll, I'll say, you know, someone will say, I've been talking to this guy for weeks and I'll say, were well, you talking to him or were you texting? It's like, oh, I was texting. It's like, okay, that's not the same thing. And and then they actually meet them in person. And within 14 seconds, they know that this is just not the guy. And they- And not only have they, you know, wasted the evening and the shaving their legs and the getting the ready and all of that, but the disappointment, you know, and that when you put in all that effort only to find that, hmm, not even worth five minutes of my day, much less two hours of my day. So absolutely, absolutely. So do the things I'm absolutely telling everybody do video. It's worth its weight in gold. So Bella, one of the things that makes midlife such an interesting time is that no one's a virgin by the time they're out there again. It's not the same as when someone is, you know, 16 and in high school. So everyone has a past. Everyone has baggage. And from my point of view, everyone has a sexually transmitted infection. So at (laughs) what point does that conversation happen in your world? Well, now if we said we're going to do sex exclusivity, it's going to happen later, right? Once you have enough of a relationship with this person where you feel like this person has earned your story, and certainly before you hop into bed with this person, right? That's just the kind and responsible thing to do. So wait until you're actually getting to that point to just say, hey, listen, I have something to tell you. I know how to manage this. You give great scripts around this, Lauren, on how to on how to. Yeah, we have discussed this before. How you how you make this uh, disclosure, if you will. Yeah, and and it is. We call it the gift that just keeps on giving, right? So another reason to not hop into bed with somebody too quickly because you certainly don't want to be the beneficiary of a gift that you don't need or want. So that aside, telling somebody, you know what. 
I've got, but not on the first date. I think that's the point, you know, because we've, we've talked about this before. I mean, I can give the people the script of what to say. So you're not making this announcement like you have something horrible, you know, but that this is what grownups, grownups have things. And, you know, this is something I have and this is how I manage it and it's all good. But I have had patients who literally tell me that they feel like, well, I, do I need to tell them about my herpes on the first date? And I'm like, are you kidding? No, no, you don't need to tell them about your herpes on the first date. No. And I hear things even more serious, like I'm a cancer survivor. When do I disclose that? Right. So there's a lot of things that come up with our health that we want to know. When do we disclose? And I tell people, people need to earn your story. They don't get it up front. You don't need to disclose. This isn't a medical examination. It's a first date. Right. And even if, and I think one of the things that, that people fall into the trap they fall into is that people ask questions that they're not ready to answer yet. And I always tell people that the universal response if someone asks you something that you're not comfortable answering is, oh, why do you ask? You know, when someone says, oh, do you have, you know, diabetes? Do you have herpes? Oh, why do you ask? And you just kind of turn it back on them because if it's not an appropriate question, if it is too early in the relationship, um, I, I think you need to make that clear that this is not an appropriate question at this time, maybe down right. the road, maybe later. Exactly. Why? Yeah. It's like, Oh, that's such an interesting question. Why do you ask? Right. It's like, if somebody's like, Hey, how much money do you make? You're not going to disclose that because somebody no. asks you that. Right. No. But in the day, but isn't world, it funny if someone says, how much money do you make? We're, we're I think pretty comfortable saying, you know, I can answer that question. But if somebody's, weird. but if somebody says, you know, how many people have you had sex with or, you know, how do you have, you know, syphilis or, and you feel like this obligation to tell somebody this stuff that's just clearly none of their business at that point. Right. Because it comes from a good place. We never want to be called a liar. We never want somebody to say, you should have told me that up front, right? It's like you didn't earn it. Just because somebody asks you a question doesn't mean you have to answer it. That's right. Or you answer it with a question. <laughs> Answer it with the question. Why do you ask? Well, because I'm curious. Why are you so curious? Well, because I want to know. Why do you want to know? This can go on for hours. You know, this is one of my great talents is is answering a question with a question. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. How much do you weigh? Why do you want to know? It works for everything. Right, right, right. I mean, I've had crazy stories. It's like, what size are you? You know, a guy will say to a woman on a date. And on a first date, and it's like, oh, well, you know, I've got all these size four dresses left in my closet by my ex. It's like, I don't want to wear your ex's dresses. Exactly. And that's just so weird. Talk about red flags. That would be a red flag. Giant red flag. So controlling. Well, that's part of what it is, too. It's it's a control thing. It's, it's an inappropriate. It's boundaries. And sometimes it's control. It's so weird. So... So yeah, there's there's so many of these red so flags. What is the oldest woman that you have ever helped find love? 82. And how long did it take her to find? She's still in process right now. She's not, she hasn't found somebody oh, yet. So she hasn't found the one yet. Yeah. No. So she's in our, she's in our funnel now. So we've got 24 up to 82 
at this point. So we've got 77 year old men. So we've got, you know, 35 year old guys. So it's never too early to date smarter and it's certainly never too late. So I well, hope that's, that the, that's the other thing before, we, because while you mentioned, I just actually was on the phone with a good friend of mine and she, I told her I was doing this interview with you and she was so excited. And she said, I have to have my daughter work with Bella. And I said, how old is your daughter? And she said, 24. And she's never really dated and she's terrified and she doesn't know what to do. And I'm thinking, well, she doesn't need Bella. She's way too young. And she said, oh no, she needs Bella. So what do you think? It's the smartest thing anyone can do is to start this process at 24. I think what we teach our clients, we should all learn in high school and college. I've got a psychiatrist at Brown University that says, and she's been working with us for a year. She found love. She got divorced in her 20s, spent 30 years single. And she said, I teach here at the university. And if we were taught the things that you're teaching us, the world would look different. So it's never too early. I feel like this should be required learning in school. How do you pick partners that are going to make you happy? Right. And you should have that knowledge base, whether you want to do it or not. If you just want to go out and hook up with people for a bit, that's fine. But you should have the base of the pyramid skills. I know this. My daughter is 18 and has had a boyfriend for four months. And she she and him discuss red flags. They discuss attachment styles. It's what, but when you grow up with this kind of information, they know, and she's like, he's so nice to me. He's learning to argue in a nicer way. Cause in our house, we say, don't go hard on each other. Like if you want to say something, say it kindly from a place of love. It's not always yeah. easy to do. And he will. And she, when I'm like, you're going hard, don't go hard with your words. <laughs> Because words are like knives. Mm -hmm. And you see that these things start to develop in teenagers as well, right? So if we are learning these things early, it's never too early. 24 is amazing. See, your daughter is so lucky because my daughters grew up learning about chronic vaginitis, STIs, and talking about abnormal periods. <laughs> I think they would probably wish that they were growing up in your house instead of in our house where there was a lot of vagina talk. Oh, oh wow. I'm sure my daughter would probably trade me. For Gee, you I don't know. We Maybe for a week or two, they would like to trade places. Where do people find you if they want you to help them find love? Tell everybody how they can how they can do that. So you can follow me on Instagram at Smart Dating Academy. Make sure, sure, sure that you go to smartdatingacademy.com and sign up for our free newsletter so you always know what we're doing, where we are, the new things that we're talking about. So smartdatingacademy.com, fill out any contact form and you'll be entered into our database. And as Lauren mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, we started a podcast in January of 2021 called the Smart Dating Academy Podcast. Did you mean 2022? 2022. God, I'm a year behind. I've I just was going to say, yeah. Hi, did I miss I'm a year's worth of podcasts? I, I feel like I, I listen religiously. I don't want to miss a whole year's worth. Yeah, no, we're uh, so we're um, a couple months in at this point. So feel free. We talk about dating confidence and narcissists and what is peak dating season and all of the things. So that's where you can find us. Well, I love your podcasts and you have inspired me in so many ways. So thank you so much for spending some time with me talking about this because, you know, not just at my dinner table, but probably on my podcast, there's a bit too much vagina talk. So this was a nice diversion and I appreciate it.
I love you. I would be here anytime. And we'll meet soon for wine and other things. That sounds great. I'm Dr. Lauren Stryker, and thank you for joining me. You will find lots more information in my Inside Information books available on Amazon.com. And follow Francie as she navigates her way through vaginal dryness, hot flashes, and pretty much every menopausal symptom you can think of. I feel blue She helped me see the light